Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, January the 5th, 2022, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book. We're in the chapter of Vision for You on page 157. We'll be reading and commenting on the seventh and eighth paragraphs, beginning the two friends spoke and ending in I'd be boiled as an owl. Today's readers for the 12 steps, Reggie O, the 12 traditions, Deb M, readers of the text, Nancy P, Jean S, and Deborah F. Our newcomer greeter is Alana P, and our second hour host is Leah S, and thank you for your service today. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, January the 4th, 2022, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 18,353, that's 18353, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 18,354, that's 18354. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to please read the 12 steps. Hey, good morning. Thank you again, Lisa. Good morning, everybody. My name is Reggie O. I'm in Texas, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God 
as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, and I'll pass for that. Thank you, Reggie O. And I will now ask Deb M. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Deb M., a compulsive overeater from Baltimore, Maryland. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, O-Readers Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Deb M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 157, 
beginning on the seventh paragraph, the two friends spoke, reading through two paragraphs ending in, I'd be boiled as an owl. And Nancy T., would you please get us started? Thank you, Lisa. Nancy T. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewis and Idaho. Grateful to be on the meeting this morning. <clears throat> the two friends spoke of their spiritual experience and told told him about the course of action they, they carried out. He interrupted, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. I've prayed to God on hangover mornings and sworn that I'd never touch another drop, but by 9 o'clock I'd be boiled as an owl. And so, first off, I had to look up Boiled as an Owl, because as many times as I've read the big book, that one struck me. But um, uh, I looked up the etymology. It really just means drunk or an advanced in sta- advanced state of intoxication. But I'm curious sometimes about words and phrases and where they get their meaning. But um, anyway, what did the two friends talk to this um, drunk about in the hospital? Their spiritual experience and the course of action they took. But I like that they put the spiritual experience first because the course of action, of course, we all know is the 12 steps. So, but the 12 steps are not what changes us. It's the spiritual experience that ensues as a result of working the 12 steps. So the 12 steps is our um, course that we take to get there. But really what changes us, what, changes us from being in the disease to being recovered is that spiritual experience. And it talks about several times it's a necessary spiritual experience. We can't get recovered without it. And this guy's still a little bit closed-minded here. Oh, I used to go to church. I did that. I prayed to God. You know, so he's still a little bit closed-minded, but spoiler alert here. Sorry. In the next couple of paragraphs, we're going to find out that he became more open-minded and that he walked from the hospital a free man. So, But here he's still a little bit closed-minded. But our job when we talk to, at least my job, when I talk to another compulsive overeater um, who's still stinging from the food, is to talk about my spiritual experience. This is what happened to me. I have this relationship with God today that keeps me um, free from the physical craving and the obsession in my mind. And the way, and then I talk about what I do today that helps me to stay spiritually fit. Because what I found out is it's not a one and done. I can't go through the course of action, the steps that they're talking about here in that first paragraph, and then be done. I have to maintain my spiritual fitness and grow, perfect, and enlarge that spiritual experience that they're talking about there. So I talk about those things and what I do. And then if they're willing and open to try, then we uh, get the food down and we we pick up the book and we get through the course of the 12 steps. So, you know, this program works. I have yet to ever work through the steps and not have a spiritual experience. So if it'll work for this compulsive overeater, it'll work for you to God willing. Do the work and then God will provide the experience. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for allowing me to be of service. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you, Nancy T. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning? Jean S. from Utah. Christina J. Katie B. Uh, Name. 
Katie B. Amy Rick Alf. J. Okay, Rick J. I heard somebody else. Jennifer Amy C. Alf. Jennifer, I think I heard. Amy L. Amy L. Okay, let's stop there. I'll tell you who I have. I have Jean S., Christina J., I think Katie B., Ann M., Rick J., Jennifer L., and Amy L. All right, um, great lineup. Jean S., please go ahead. Jean S., press star one. We can't hear you. Sorry, um, can you hear me now? This is Gina. I can. You're good. Okay. All right. Great. It's from Utah, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, this is a this really is a powerful um, experience. Uh, both sides of it. Um, it on one end, when uh, not recovered, I I wonder, you know, how, how can that be? I I was a I'd say I was a religious person. I was a person of faith in terms of I was raised in a certain faith tradition. I actually left that tradition for another one. I left that one for a while, and then I came back. Um, So in one sense, I was a person of faith, but I still struggled with the food. (laughs) And so what I've experienced, um, what I'm always reminded of, in in the big book and through um, any anonymous program, but this one in particular, that we go to God, and and that's that's truly uh, what uh, the first step really is. Um, well, we realize our powerlessness, but we are pointed to God all the time, even in these two verses. So, uh, and what that might look like as an example to another person, and I've probably shared this before, but early in my recovery, I was in like an office max or office depot, and there's a, a lineup of candy there, and I saw it, and wow, what a store to be in for that, and it just upset me. I, I was getting the craving idea going on, and but again, my my I'd been pointed to the idea of going to God in these moments, and so I folded my arms and I bowed my head and I prayed for God help me. And so this tiny um, little voice said to me, "Jean, turn 180 degrees," and I simply did that. And so I was no longer looking, and I was looking out a window, and it was. It was a marvelous, it was miraculous to me because I, I was no longer anxious and shaky. So that those are the, that's a story I'd share because I really, God was with me, but I had to ask. And um, thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Jean S. Christina J., you're up, followed by Katie B. Good morning. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone on the line. Recovered by God's grace and mercy today. Um, I used to be strong for the church, but that won't fix it. You know, I always had God uh, since I was a kid, but I couldn't connect the dots to recovery and God. Just couldn't, couldn't get it until everything was stripped for me, or so I thought. And then I had nothing to do but surrender, because I had nowhere to go. 
and I'm talking about uh, on a career level, on a food level, everything. There was nowhere else to go, and I had to surrender. I surrendered many times the food, but I'd go into the office. Uh, I went in really early, and I'd start going around everybody's candy jars, start getting into drawers where the candy, the big bag of candy was stashed in this one gal's desk. And by 9 o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. At that same job, I would go to the bathroom, white-knuckling, gripping my hands, praying with everything I had in me, please, 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 I don't want to eat again. But until I connected the dots to this spiritual experience, uh, which I had when things were stripped away from me, when I had nothing else to go to, when I couldn't control my life anymore, when the pain in my soul was great, because I could deal with physical pain of the food, you know, I would always say, well, I'll get back on tomorrow. It's no big deal. While my body was slowly deteriorating towards horrible gut problems, towards knee problems, towards all these problems. That didn't stop me. Nothing stopped me. But God knew what was going to stop me. And that was losing the ability to continue with the career I dreamed of and forced and pushed all my life since I was a kid. Sixty years of that. It was in me. This is what I was going to do. And when that was taken, I was beaten. I was beaten, and I had to turn to God. And what helped me stay there was the actions in this book. We have to do the actions. We can't blow off 10, 11, and 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. We can't blow it off or 9. We have to do it. And I'd rather do that than fight and white knuckle because I've been given a gift of surrender. Every morning I surrender to God all the crap that comes up during the night in my soul, my fear, the darkness, my blahness, my autopilot numb. I go to my chair. And pretty soon, I'm connected, and I take that into my day, and I walk it every day, and I be of service. My sponsees, my fellows, my life, my walk with God is the first thing I must do in my life every day. So thank you for letting me share. I have a great gift today, and anybody out there that doesn't have it yet, get on this train and do these actions. Just do the actions, even if you don't feel connected to God. This is the thing that will take you to that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. And Katie B., you're up, followed by Ann M. Hi, good morning. This is Katie B. from New York. I am a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Um, So I'm reading the two uh, paragraphs, and I like that he said, you know, we need the spiritual experience and the course of action. And this guy cuts them off, right? He says, no, 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 I've prayed to God (laughs) before, and that doesn't work. So I think to myself, sure, I've prayed to God. I've begged God. You know, God was like a Santa Claus, right? I begged him every time. And I was truly desperate, and I did truly mean it. God, I swear I'll never do it again. God, please help me. Um, and, and, And then God didn't help me in the way that I demanded, and then I got mad at God and resentful at God. Um, and, and, and this person right here, like, it's not his fault at this moment. I guess they're teaching him about the steps, right? In the beginning, I didn't understand that it was the spiritual experience and the course of action. I had to take the steps. I had to clean up my side of the street. I had to recognize my part in things, you know, not just stamp my feet and make demands of God to to fix me. And even, you know, even when I did make those demands to God to fix me, 
um, I, I would take my will back. I still thought I could handle it. I didn't understand until these steps the, the real desperation. You know, those hangover mornings I felt desperate. Um, but then I, would, then I thought I could handle it. Then I thought I could eat like a normal eater. Then I thought I could eat in moderation again until I was back around, you know, in my cycle of addiction to the next morning, you know, with my food hangover again, begging to God again. Um, but until I took those steps, starting with realizing that I really, I, I was out of ideas and, and it, it was really going to be all God doing this, um, I wasn't going to have a solution. So I, I really just want to say I appreciate these two um, sentences that we need the, the spiritual experience and, but, but to get that, we need that course of action. I, can, I had a God before, um, but I didn't have a way to get to my higher power in a way that was going to allow God to relieve me of my compulsion, to free me um, until I knew the steps to, 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 to take to have God free me. Uh, okay, thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Katie B. And Anne M., you're up, followed by Rick J. Hi, Lisa. This is Anne M. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Ireland. Can I be heard okay? You can. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lisa, and thanks for your service. Um, yeah, two two great paragraphs, you know, and it just really brings to me, you know, the power of um, carrying this message and uh you know, just to remind myself, what is that message? And it is that, you know, there is a spiritual awakening or spiritual experience, um, you know, once these, once we go through these steps as a result of the step work. And, uh, yeah, just even, you know, just seeing this, you know, the whole idea of having a higher power, but, you know, it's the, it's the difference of having access to a higher power for me. And, uh, I didn't understand that, you know, it's it's like for me just knowing that there is a higher power and just being, you know, feeling that I am connected to a higher power. But, you know, it, it's like that part on page 88 where it says faith without works is dead. I can know that I have a higher power and feel that I have a higher power. But if I don't do the footwork, which is step four to nine or step four to 12, I will not have access to my higher power. And that's where the spiritual awakening and spiritual experience comes in for me. And uh, yeah, I just love where it says, you know, I pray to God on hangover mornings. And that's the difference, I think, of, you know, this the work in this program on a daily, daily basis. And it is that relationship with a higher power. You know, spirituality and recovery is all about a connection and a relationship with a higher power. And um, yeah, and it is every day. And it is my responsibility to take the actions, you know, around around footwork, around my connection with my higher power, around my step 10, 10, 11 and 12. And, and you know, it says here by nine o'clock, I'd be, I'd be drunk as an owl. Yeah, just how powerless and how cunning, bass and powerful this disease is. And just knowing that, you know, that I do not have any mental defense against the first bite or against the first drink. Um, you know, that has to come from my higher power. And, and you know, it's not it's not just on the hangover days. It's not just when I'm feeling off. It's every day. This this program is a program of action that is that is that has to be worked every day. Um, and I just loved, you know, I used to be strong for the church. Yeah, and it's just known that part as well that yeah, I have a connection or I do have a higher power, 
but it's just this whole idea that I'm not connected. I don't have access. I'm still blocked off. And that's why I need to do step work. And that's why I need to continue to keep my side of the street clean. And it is a continued program. It's continued every day. And I only get it. And I only get to keep it for one day. So with that, I pass. And thanks again, Lisa, for your service. Thank you, on M. And Rick J., you're up, followed by Jennifer L. Uh, good morning, um, everyone. Um, my name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about the, uh, you know, the two friends speaking of their spiritual experience and, uh, you know, telling uh, Bill D. about the course of action they carried out. And this is, this is the, uh, you know, the second part of the treatment uh, for alcoholism that they're giving him. And that's what they told him in the beginning, you know, or, uh, we're giving you a treatment for alcoholism. Um, so, you know, they started off telling him about the acute poisoning from which he suffered and, you know, how it deteriorated his body and, you know, and it warped his mind, the mental state preceding the first drink, you know, and they're relating to him and they're connecting with him, you know, and, um, you know, they've, they've laughed a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, which offended him at first, but you know they they know him and they know him with love, right? They because they are they're just like him, but they're on the other side of of the addiction in a state of grace through a connection with a higher power, and you know by the course of action that they're carrying out, and this is the spiritual experience that they're telling him. And I can so see myself, you know, as the man in the bed too. You know, I hear all these good things, and I'm desperate, but I'm already prepared to shut somebody down. And as soon as I heard the word, you know, God or, you know, anything to do with spirit, spirituality, you know, I'm like, yeah, but. And that's what I heard here, you know, him saying, yeah, but I used to be strong for the, the church, you know, but that won't fix it, you know. And, and in my mind, I, I had some proven examples where I prayed to God and didn't get what I wanted. And that to me proved that there was no God for me. Maybe for you, but not for me. So I really didn't want to hear about how I was going to have to like start moving in a direction that would bring me closer to some kind of power and some kind of God. I didn't want to hear it. You know, I wasn't ready. And then I was. And then I was, I was, I was ready. I, I, uh, I wanted what you had and I became willing to go to any length to get it. And this is the miracle of the man in the bed for me, because, you know, when he leaves that, um, hospital, he leaves it a free man. You know, he began to have a spiritual experience and that's what it's going to tell us coming up. And, and for me, that spiritual experience, um, is something that I, I, do the actions on every day the course of action that they carried out that's what i do that's what i'm doing just one day at a time that i pass thank you rick j and jennifer l you're up followed by amy l hi this is jennifer c did you mean jennifer c oh i'm sure i did jennifer please go ahead <laughs> Good morning, everyone. This is Jennifer C. So grateful to be here this morning. Um, the mental state which precedes that first bite 
the mental blank spot, um, you know, that utter inability to remember that taking that first bite is always the worst idea that I can ever come up with for anything at any time. But my mind won't remember that, right? Or at some point, my mind won't care. My mind will not care. Um, But thank God, because not only are we in this distinct entity that Melissa C. so beautifully described on Sunday, but like we're in a distinct entity within the distinct entity because we're the group of compulsive overeaters in the world that have literally been brought the lifeboat. We have been given the solution. We are on this line this morning being exposed to our solution, right? Um, The only solution that can truly relieve us of the insanity of that first bite. Uh, Here we are, you know, and what I see in this paragraph, I'd never touch another drop, but by nine o'clock, I'd be boiled as an owl. You know, that's a resolution, a high resolve, right? I'll never torture myself again with food. I'll never trade my freedom again for a cookie. But this book tells me that it's a decision that I have to make, not a resolution. I have to make a decision. What's the decision? To turn my will and my life over to God. To God. And that definition, God, it means perfect in power, wisdom, and goodness. What am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? To turn my will and my life over to a God who wants to save me from myself, right? God wants my freedom more than I want my freedom because I want my freedom and I want a cookie. But God wants my freedom and only my freedom. Am I willing to believe that today? Am I willing to give myself to that today, right? Am I willing to make a decision to trust, to do the work? to follow the prescription that's been handwritten by God, which is these steps. So thank you all for being in this distinct entity with me. God bless you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. And Amy L., you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Amy L. I am absent for today in Michigan. And um, thank you for your service. You know, I, and risk of sounding like a broken record. Um, yeah, it's, it's the connection with God that really does it. And earlier in my walk um, through this 12 steps, I thought, oh, I know God, that's not a problem. I'm a believer, so this isn't going to be a problem. Um, but it is a spiritual experience with God that you have to have. You know, when I had it one time, I thought I was okay. I was sick, but it's something that you have to have every single day. So for me, what that means is waking up early, making sure that once I get out of the shower, I'm awake, then I sit down, I do my daily devotional, I pray, I seek God, I meditate on his word, because if I don't do that every single day, I'm powerless against this addiction. Um, And I'm going to be quite honest, sometimes I don't do that perfectly. Yesterday, I was so tired, and I had such a hard time getting up, I fell asleep during my my quiet time. Um, But I still did it. And what I did throughout the day is as I got more energy and everything. I said, Lord, just please be with me. Be with me every step of the way. And, and I'm so grateful because with his God grace, you know, God's grace and his mercy, I'm able to continue being abstinent. 
It has to happen every single day. And I have to work all the steps every single day. I have to make outreaches. I have to do my time. I have to send in my meal plan to my sponsor because if I don't and I'm starting not to send in my meal plan, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And those are just the things I have to do every day. And I'm just so grateful for this meeting today. And I'm so grateful for all of you here. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Amy L. And before I take another list of names, we are on page 157 in the chapter of Vision for You. Beginning on the seventh paragraph, the two friends spoke, reading and commenting through two paragraphs, ending in, I'd be boiled as an owl. Who else would like to share this morning? Cynthia N. Nessa R. Michelle C. Kendall U.H. Nessa. I missed someone. Michelle. Ken, you're going to have to give me the first initial. So I have Cynthia, Nessa, Michelle, Ken. Jen A. Nessa R. Jen A. I got Nessa R. Sorry. Um, someone asked for Jen A. Is that Sam? Yes. Nancy C. Nancy C. This is Raquel from Israel. Okay, let's stop there, and hopefully we'll we'll get to you, Raquel. And if everyone will, please give me the first initial of your last name when you share. But I have Cynthia, Nessa R, Michelle, Ken, Jen A, Sam S, Nancy C, and Raquel. So Cynthia, you're up, followed by Nessa. Hi, this is Cynthia N as a Nancy from Pennsylvania. I'm a chronic relapser, but um. First time sharing on here, and I'm just so grateful. And I'm just like in a totally different place than I was yesterday. Yesterday was day one, and in the morning, um, referring to this um, paragraph about spiritual experience, in the morning I was in the deepest hole that I can ever remember. It was just despair. And for no reason. It was just I couldn't do life, and I realized I've got to do this program. And I I thought of someone that I've been wanting to sponsor me. And the miracle is that when I contacted her and we talked, she told me that she just, the day before, she just became available to be a sponsor. And she asked me if I wanted to think about it, and I said, no, don't. I want to do, I need this now. I need to, um, I need to commit now. Break all the iron's hot because I know me. I'm going to change my mind again if I don't do this right now. And so I'm in a totally different place. And it's just so amazing. My higher power was waiting for me right there. He always is. And I'm just so grateful today. So thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Cynthia. And, And Nessa R., you're up, followed by Michelle. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So he prayed. Um, and I used to pray too um, before coming into program. I've been praying, you know, since I can remember for God to make me thin. Um, and, you know, this paragraph reminds me of all the misconceptions I had about God, about my relationship with God, about step two. Um, The first misconception that I had is that praying is a relationship. Uh, Praying is not a relationship. 
especially when I was praying for God to do my will. Um, a relationship means, uh, God, I'm here to do your bidding. Please help me um, discern what is your will for me, not my will for you. And I was only able to do that. I mean, and sometimes I still can, but uh, for the most part, I'm, I was able to do that um, at step 11. Once I have removed all the blockages that uh, put static on the line between me and God, um, you know, first blockage was the food. And then the second blockage was myself, my defects of character, my little plans and designs, what I want and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, um, the second thing is uh, my misconception that I, I, um, as I was telling God to do my will, I didn't know that God will do for me what I cannot do for myself. And the corollary of that is that he will not do for me what I can and should do for myself, which is keep my hand away from my mouth. Um, God is not going to do my food shopping. He's not going to weigh and measure my food. He's not going to prepare my meals. And he's also not going to stop me from binging. That is my footwork. Um, and uh, until I until I realized that pray, you know, a praying to be seen was not going to work anymore and started doing what I needed to do, uh, nothing really was working. And the, the, the next misconception is step two, that at step two, I don't have a relationship with God. Um, I get so many phone calls from people that say, I, don't, I, I cannot feel God. And it's like, of course not, you're at step two, you're just identifying now that step two is that God is the solution. And that I had the same misconception. I thought that step two, I'd be off and running, and that's not the case. I'm just saying, this is my solution. But just because I identify that that is my solution, it doesn't fix the problem, you know? If I have a, uh, I don't know, a dishwasher function, um, determining that I need to call the plumber um, doesn't fix the dishwasher. I have to call the plumber. He has to come. He has to do what he needs to do, et cetera, et cetera. So it's step two, I'm just identifying the solution. That's not the relationship with God. The relationship with God is in step 11 after I have completed um, my work. Um, after I have removed the blockages, thank you, and continue to re to to, to uh, remain blockage free by steps uh, by step ten, um, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Michelle, you're up, followed by Ken. Hi, this is Michelle C. from Missouri, and um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what my spiritual experience was like when I was working the twelve steps and kind of how it's developed. Um, I came into program five days before Christmas, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before, and just completely, thank God, desperate on my knees, willing to do anything, um, just so so tired. And um, thankfully, I have a sponsor that just put my hand in God's every step of the way. And I re I'm a teacher, so I remember like working this program like my hair was on fire, especially those two weeks while I was on Christmas break before I knew I had to go back to school. And um, I just remember already feeling so changed just within those two weeks. I remember when my Christmas break was over, driving up the hill to my school thinking, oh my gosh, do these people know what has happened to me? Do these people know what God has given me? Like how much has changed in these past two weeks? I remember feeling like, like I had gone off and like was on one of the like was cast on one of those reality game shows like Survivor or something, went off and like one Survivor and came back within my normal life, 
but couldn't tell anybody about it and just was looking around like, oh my gosh, do all these people know the experience I just had? Um, And so uh, I just felt like God was already rewiring my heart and mind. I didn't want to gossip at work anymore. I wanted to be helpful to others, and that is completely different from how I had been before. It was all about me and getting my needs met. And I just felt so completely starting to be transformed. And um, I'm just so grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful that I didn't know ahead of time, like, um, you should be having a spiritual experience by the time you're through the 12 steps. Otherwise, I would have been probably trying to manipulate and control it. I'm just so grateful that I was surrendered and um, turned to God at every moment and just naturally had that spiritual experience. And I do want to say, Um, To anyone who maybe is newly sponsoring, I remember having that feeling of, am I qualified to sponsor? Like I just um, am now recovered. I just finished the 12 steps. But I know that I have had something that a lot of people haven't, and it's that spiritual experience. And so I know I'm qualified. And um, I just really enjoy working with others and putting their hands in God's and helping them achieve that spiritual experience that I had. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle C. And Ken, you're up, followed by Jen A. Thank you so much. This is Ken W.H. calling from North Carolina. Thankful to be here today. Um, I just think uh, spiritual experience and the course of action, yeah, they do go together. And it better be a God-given course of action and not mine. Uh, Too often it was mine. Uh, the, the morning after promises were was my course of action. I'll never do this again. <laughs> never happened. Um, I also like to differentiate spiritual experience from spiritual awakening. Yeah, the spiritual experience comes when somebody shared the, their experience, strength, and hope with me. The spiritual awakening came after the course of action, of uh, the God-given course of action of the 12 steps. Um, our friend here, before he could walk out of that hospital as a free man, he had to, he had to take a prescribed action. And, and <clears throat> that first day, the morning after, who can think? <laughs> I sure can't. I'm still in a food stupor or still trying to wake up in the morning. Um, about all he could do in that first day is something that uh, the book keeps telling me about, and I hear on the meeting all the time, is he had to put the plug in the jug, which for me is to put the food down. Um, First things first, um, and that's what worked for me. Um, The God-given solution came through others who, who shared their experience, strength, and hope with me and what they did. And for many of them, uh, and I hear on the line too, as a rec has been was suggested to me, put the food down for three or four days, get your head a little clear, and then you can start to learn something. Maybe um, he had to get the food down. It was three days before he left the hospital, a free man. He had to get the booze out of him, and I have to get that out of me too um, first, um, and then I can get this this program. And it is the steps, and it starts. That's step one, and which for me includes the first 87 pages of the big book, and that's up to page 55 in the in the <laughs> ordinal numbers. But that includes all of the uh, Roman numbers before that, uh, everything starting from the title page all the way 
through to that time when I can even start to consider the possibility that there's a power greater than myself that will solve my problem. Um, I'm the, the, the course of action is the one that was given to me by others, and it starts on page uh, title, <laughs> the, the title page, Roman numeral one. Um, and and that's when I can finally uh, get to the place where in the morning my prayers and God help, God uh, keep me from eating today. It's God help me. I can't. And I just lie there and <laughs> buck naked in the rain, um, as vulnerable as I can possibly be, waiting uh, and just just letting myself be uh, in God's care, whatever that may be. Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Ken W.H. And Jen A., you're up, followed by Sam S. Good morning. This is Jen A. Thanks so much, everybody, for all your service on the lines this morning. By God's grace and mercy, I'm recovered today from compulsive overeating. Um, And it is as a result of taking this course of action and being willing to do whatever um, the book told me and whatever my sponsor suggested and the spiritual experience and the awakening that happens as a result is absolutely amazing. So welcome to the newcomer. If you're new on the line today, when I came on the line several years ago, I thought, wow, everybody's got this, you know, and, and, and I just heard it and I thought, well, do I have this too? Um, stick around, see what happens, um, but don't just sit on the sidelines, take action. You know, I love how it says in here on hangover mornings, right? I remember um, hanging over the toilet, sitting on the toilet, and just dying and begging God then, and just asking him, begging him and pleading with him, please, God, help me, help me, help me. So what was the difference between those cries, you know, um, in the food versus the last day that I remember binging and purging in my car in a back alleyway? Um, You know, it takes what it takes until I was done. And when I was truly, truly done, I was willing to sit down and listen um, to the man across the table from me and open up this book and read word by word, line by line, and take action over action, Um, pray every prayer that was in there. And then the miraculous thing for me, the difference today, is that um, those promises do come true. Um, In the spiritual experience, it says on the back on page 567, um, she has undergone a profound alteration in her reaction to life and that such a change could have hardly been brought about by herself alone. I didn't do this, right? This is done to me, not by me, is what my friend says in this program. And I do, I take the action and I'm willing and I ask God, but today my asking is not using God as my bitch. Today I ask God and I pray with sincerity and the words of the prayers coming from my heart are sincere and right because I'm right with God. I'm right with myself and today I can be right with others. That's what this work has done for me and how it's transformed a girl like me. And I'm so, so grateful that those empty words are gone and that today the words are sincere and straight from my heart. People talked a lot today about footwork. And what I just have to remember is God does want me to do footwork, but the fancy footwork that I tried before never worked. The diets, you know, the pills and the potions, that was fancy stuff. Today, God says, humbly come before me and surrender yourself with grace and dignity, mercy and love for yourself and others around you. And just see how I'm going to use you, Jennifer Marie. 
And I am just blown away on a daily basis of how God continues to mold and rearrange me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And Sam S., you're up, followed by Raquel. Good morning. Thank you for leading. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, the, the man in the bed was absolutely right. Um, focusing on <clears throat> the, um, the wrong methods of approach to be able to get this. And um, I can identify with it. I mean, I was, I was figuring that uh, to fix my problem, which was the wrong problem. I thought it was a food problem and a weight problem. Um, I thought I needed to double down on like, you know, Sunday school, Bible study, church, all those things. And they're all beautiful, but I need to do something kind of before I can, um, I can do those for me. And, you know, I, I really, I got inspired by this analogy here. It's like having a Samsung phone and going to the Apple store close, but no cigar. I have to be able to get to um, the solution, which for me is God. But the way to do it is I need to do the course of action that it talks about. I need to be able to work the steps because I'm a real compulsive eater. I'm not a hard or a moderate eater. So for me, for this girl, this real compulsive eater, anorexic and exercise, bulimic, I can't double down. I can't just say I'm going to start a new diet. I'm not going to eat my binge foods. I'm not going to exercise bulimically. I'm not going to shave you know, food off of my food plan. I have to be able to practice entire absence and work the steps and really be able to do that. I need that kind of um, almost like prerequisite, I guess, is how I think about that. Because now, I mean, now I can appreciate things um, like the, you know, the religious practices. So to be quick to see where religious people are right and make use of what they have to offer. But I, I can't personally do that and use that as my solution because I'm a real addict. I'm an addict before I'm, before I'm a woman in my church denomination. And I'm just really grateful here. I'm grateful that these people didn't say, well, I got God, you know, well, I just, I just, you know, do this. I'm, I'm great at my church community and it's fantastic. And because it, it, it avoids what needs to be done, which is working the 12 steps. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful that someone shared that with me and that someone didn't, um, didn't say like, just, you know, I don't know, just go on a diet and go in your merry way and, because it didn't never worked for me. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be doing this today, and uh, um, appreciate the time. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Sam S. and Raquel. Your turn. Raquel, press star one. We can't hear you. Yes. Hello. Here I am. Thank you for this marvelous meeting and the, this paragraph uh, about, well, you know, I'm a regular church goer, or how did you say it, and the previous page brings me right back to Roland Hazard. That's exactly what he said when uh, when uh, Dr. Young told him that, uh, uh, the, that the change has to be that... Uh, everything has to change and that God is the one who will do it for him. Otherwise, it will never happen. 
And he said, well, you know, I'm a churchgoer. And then he said to him, you know, that will not, this this is not the kind of religion. Upon hearing this, our friend was somewhat relieved, for he reflected that after all, he was a good church member. This hope, however, was destroyed by the doctors telling him that while his religious convictions were very good, in his case, they did not spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. Well, this and what we read today, this back there on page 27, and what we read today is um, I am experiencing here that here a lot with people who are very religious and keep their Jewish faith. It's it's a legal system, you know, from the moment the way we wake up in the morning, the way you tie your shoes to the way that you that the way you keep your dishes and the way everything the whole life is is legally shaped and and in action yet when i talk about a different kind of experience many look at me like uh, you know what am i talking about is this written in the bible well <laughs> it's not written in the bible as such the big book is not written in the bible but we are directed that we have to to uh, guard our health with all our might, because that's the, the that's the house of the soul. We this is just the coat, the whole body, but you have to take good care of it because this houses your soul. And so then, if you are already have your toes cut off from diabetes, and you still want to sh- me to show you where does it say the Bible that I should let go of sugar and flour? Um, it puts me in such a position that a uh, lot people, I, I had somebody hang the books back on my doorknob on the outside and, and tell me which Psalms I should read in order to repent. Or another one who uh, told me that uh, I should say such and such prayers uh, because it's so alien, but but it's not because it's Rabbi Tversky who helped me get into a hospital with in with with the food uh, treatment and uh, with my own nice. cutting board, own knife and eat salad and tuna three times a day for 25 days, and it had nothing that that offended my religion. But but um, I I I wrap up. But on the other hand, what is really necessary here is real trust, and that is the issue. And I'm still struggling with it. To, to really get the complete trust because of my background, to really trust and, and not worry what's going to happen tomorrow with me, uh, with my family not being around me, but in America and all these kinds of things. To really trust 24-7. Thank you for being there. Beautiful meeting. I love you all. Have good recoveries. Amen. Thank you, Raquel, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, January 5th, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 18,357. That's 18357. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Devorah S., will you please read our book is meant to be suggestive only? Oh, excuse me, Jean S., sorry.
Okay, this is Jean S. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We re realize you know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditations what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if you if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot uh, transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and good events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you have and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.